Vermont Businesses for Social Responsibility presents the Vermont Conversation with David Goodman, exploring ideas with innovators, changemakers, business leaders, politicians, and activists. This special feature from Vermont Businesses for Social Responsibility is underwritten in part by the Alchemist Brewery of Waterbury and Stowe, proud B Corp using the power of business to support a clean environment and economic opportunity for all. Vermont Student Assistance Corporation. VSAC helps students of all ages save, plan, and pay for college and career training with education and career planning services, need-based grants, scholarships, low-cost education loans, and Vermont's official 529 college savings plan. Green Mountain Power delivering clean, cost-effective, and highly reliable power to customers and offering cutting-edge products and services to reduce costs and carbon. UVM Medical Center, Burlington, Vermont, the heart and science of medicine. Norwich Solar Technologies, providing complete clean energy services to Vermont schools, towns, nonprofits, and businesses. Concept 2, designers and manufacturers of Concept 2 rowing oars, indoor rower, ski erg, and bike erg, and proud to support nonprofit groups such as the Green Mountain Club. Let's Grow Kids, a statewide campaign about the need for more high quality, affordable childcare in Vermont to better support our children, families, communities, and economy. And nearly 700 VBSR business members who believe that sustainable business practices value people, planet, and profit. Learn more at www.vbsr.org. Welcome to the Vermont Conversation. I'm David Goodman. We're going to be spending the hour this week talking about schools uh, and education in the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, Our schools have dramatically transformed from teaching in person to teaching online. We're going to uh, take a tour around the district of one school district, the Harwood School District, which serves Waitsfield, Waterbury, Warren, Moortown, and Faston, um, and Moortown. And uh, we're going to be talking with teachers, principals, students, chefs, and the superintendent of the Harwood Union Unified School District to hear what's been happening, what some of the challenges are, and maybe what some of the opportunities are as well. Um, We're going to start in our first half hour. We're joined by Tom Drake, the principal of Warren Elementary School, Jonah Ibsen, a teacher at Harwood Union High School, and Liza Jernigan, a student at Harwood Union High School. Uh, Let's start with Tom Drake uh, from Warren Elementary School. Uh, Tom, talk a little bit about uh, the transition from in-person learning to online learning at Warren. What have been some of the challenges? Thanks, David. Uh, Yeah, it's been a a transition for sure. Um, I sat in a meeting on a Sunday night, uh, two weeks ago Sunday, where we learned that uh, schools were closing come Wednesday. Um, so, boom, you know, got the quick word out, had in-service days on Monday, Tuesday, where teachers rallied, and then we started remote learning on Wednesday. So um, I'm just looking at a, a survey that almost 100 teachers uh, have done in the last couple of days, and and knowing what I'm hearing from parents and students and 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 the transition has gone really well it's really hard um you know Bridget Neese and I have talked a lot about um what all school and learning is and and there are so many things that is not when everybody's you know quarantined in their own um, separate house or apartment or room that you can't get when you bring the social component into schools but you know I think we're I think we're doing it as well as can be expected um you know we talked about 
maintaining learning versus furthering learning. And, you know, initially it was kind of a two week, okay, we're going to do this for two weeks and then we're going to come back. Um, and now we know it's, you know, two and a half months. And so the conversations with, with my teachers have turned more towards, you know, introducing new learning and what does that look like done remotely? But by and large, the, the feedback has, has been very positive. Nobody likes it. Well, my neighbor likes it because he's outside. Uh, he's an elementary school kid. And he's outside running around, and that's the way he would like to learn all the time. Um, but most people say, like, you know, I wish this weren't happening. Uh, but I do think we're making the most of it. Are the hours of the school day the same as normal? Yeah, that's a really good question. And it probably, you know, the conversations I've had with teachers the last two weeks, boundaries or, or trying to find boundaries is the biggest challenge for them. Um, no is the answer to your question. You know, the Internet is on 24-7, and a lot of what we're doing, um, even with little kids uh, to an extent, is um, is electronic um, or at least feeding, you know, content electronically. So so parent teachers are finding that, that um, you know, from the time they wake up until the time they go to bed, they feel like they need to be um, at arm's length away from their phone or their screen of some sort. And um, and that's the struggle. It's different. You know, when kids come at 8, 7.30 and leave at 3, that's a more definitive beginning and ending to a school day. Um, not that teachers don't do a lot of work when they go home, but uh, they have more control over that, I think. So that's, what I'm working on with teachers is how do you set those boundaries? The ones who are struggling the most um, are the teachers with kids of their own who are in school, especially kids with the younger kids, because they're pretty much finding that they're, you know, helping to teach their own children and, and teaching their students, and that is really a 24-7 kind of venture. What are you finding? You know, we're hearing that, you know, a, a basic issue, the, the assumption of online learning is that people have online access. Do all the students at Warren Elementary have access to the Internet? Uh, they all have access, maybe not in their homes. Um, the schools and the HUSD have all turned our wireless um, on harder into our parking lots and and picnic tables that are outside our school and we've opened up our networks. So um, people are utilizing that. Um, one of my staff members who I was in meetings with yesterday was, was doing it from the Waitsfield uh, Elementary School parking lot because her wireless at home is not good. And that's one thing that we've definitely found is initially we poll people, do you have wireless or Wi-Fi access at your house or not? But that's not really a good question because the Internet, I think, is so busy these days um, that just because you have wireless doesn't mean that you can video conference in a really good way. I was on a video conference with the admin team this morning, and I had to keep messaging because my wireless, you know, in the village of Waterbury, Vermont, um, was letting me down. So, um, you know, I think it's not just having access to, to access to technology. We did send home Chromebooks uh, with third through sixth graders at Warren and, and uh, have access to iPads for K through two. Um, so I think I think it's an issue with some students, um, but I think we're in a pretty fortunate position in this part of the world with that. Are there unique challenges when dealing with elementary school age kids, and how do you address them? Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, at Warren, and I was at Crossbrook for many years before that. Um, you know, the older kids are are more used to using the technologies um, in school on a day-to-day -day basis. We'd never sent them home with students before uh, two weeks ago. Uh, but I, I think um, just having familiarity with the apps, because otherwise we're 
leaning on parents to have some technological prowess, and certainly not everybody does. Um, a, a bigger um, issue now that we're dealing with is, um, you know, making hard copy materials. Um, library books is a good example. Um, you know, how do you send those home in this day and age of coronavirus, and make sure that they're that 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 is being hygienic? Uh, and that's a hard one. Our nurses came out with a statement yesterday on here are all the steps you need to do um, in order to safely you know send hard copy materials home, and it's it's a pretty significant list. So we're abiding by that. Um, we have closed our libraries for right now. Um, so we're not sending library books home, but we do need to send hard copy things for the younger kids uh, to do at home. So we're just doing it safely. Well, let's turn to the other end of the age spectrum. Uh, Jonah Ibsen is an English teacher or language arts teacher at Harwood Union High School. Uh, Jonah, welcome to the Vermont Conversation. Thank you. Um, talk a little bit about what some of the challenges are uh, with, that you're finding in teaching yeah. and maybe opportunities as well. Yeah, um, so I teach two different classes. One is uh, co-taught with another teacher, a history teacher. Uh, so it's great in times like this to have other people to bounce ideas off of. I teach another class, uh, which is an elective, which I actually co-teach with a couple of seniors. And so uh, that's been pretty amazing to get to speak with these two girls, uh, seniors, over Zoom and just try and decide what What's reasonable to do with our class? What can we um, ask our students to do that would be and relevant, but also clear and, and not too open-ended? Uh, so for me, it's um, it's been a huge challenge, but really trying to find a balance between you know, not asking students to do too much. Um, kind of my priorities are being flexible and being available, and then you know, kind of last on the list is building in some accountability so that students are not feeling like this is just sort of like an optional free-floating time, but something that, that counts. Um, but really trying to just make make sure that um, what we're asking students to do is, is meaningful and clear. Uh, so, uh, Have you changed your curriculum at all to make it relevant to the moment we're in? Uh, and, and this, I'm thinking of your elective yeah. that you teach with students. Uh, that's yeah. probably a place where that could happen. It's a great question. We we yesterday to talk about that, and we're kind of even amongst there's actually four of us, two sections of the class, global studies, and there's some you know some disagreement and division amongst us in terms of do we want to you know go deep and study how different countries and leaders are approaching this crisis um, and 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 learn from it in the moment and write about it and and others who are of the mind that. You know, it's, it's pretty depressing to dwell on, and, and maybe you don't want nine students to be necessarily doing that. Uh, so it's tricky. We haven't actually decided. We were lucky in, in that right before we, we went to remote learning, um, students were already in the midst of a, of a writing assignment. They're writing speeches about historical innovations, and um, right in the midst of starting some uh, books that I had, uh, five different books, um, divided up amongst our students, and so they're reading and, and, and in the midst of this research, but we're now planning what's next. And uh, it's taking shape, but it's a it's really tricky, just trying to decide uh, where to go next. And what is the consensus? Where is the, the needle falling, pointing the way forward? Yeah. <laughs> well, um, another uh, just to throw another complication in the mix, um, I feel really strongly that 
we are all spending a huge amount of time on screens more than ever before, obviously. And, you know, trying to create some opportunities to push that aside and, and do some work either with just what's in your home or who's in your home. Uh, so we're, we're thinking about, this is not official, but we're thinking about, um, designing a food unit where students can explore their pantry and, and find a food item that they've always been curious about. And, um, doing some cooking with that food and some research into stories and cultural implications around that food item, maybe writing some fiction or some poetry. Uh, but th those are all still ongoing conversations. Do you think there's any silver lining here? Is there anything good coming of this that wouldn't have mm -hmm. happened were it not for this wild, mm -hmm. you know, curveball you've been thrown? Well, I'm sure lots of people have seen on the global scale the you know, the canals in Venice and clear and the skies over cities in China. So I think there's, you know, uh, on a broad, on a broad scale, I think it's causing, you know, people to be forced to take a pause and see the results of that pause and, and maybe rethink our relationship with each other and the environment. I think it will, in the end, make students see a little more value in school and the face-to-face -face interactions that um, going to a school provide on a daily basis. I think it's, um, while, of course, providing lots of challenges, uh, you know, bringing families closer together. Every day, my family has been going out for a walk, and we see at a nice distance um, other family groups, uh, you know, out in the woods or uh, or on trails. Uh, in terms of education, I, I think maybe it will compel us to to just find even greater value in the interactions the the intellectual interactions that we build into the school day at at Harvard we've done lots of work with Harkness discussions student student led discussions and I think those will take even more primacy going forward. Uh, let's turn to Eliza Jernigan. Uh, she's a student at Harwood Union High School. Eliza, welcome to the Vermont Conversation. Thank you for having me. What year are you in school, Eliza? I'm a junior. So. What has this been like for you and your classmates? Yeah, um, honestly, it's been pretty surreal. I mean, when we got that call, especially that um, we're not going to be going back to school at all this year, it really felt, it like definitely made us take a pause and just like realize the little time that we have left together. Um, and it sort of flipped our world a little bit, um, but we're all definitely trying our best to stay focused on like what we can control um, because there are so many unknowns that are easy to get distracted by as we're in the midst of a pandemic. Um, but I think, yeah, we're all just trying to like take it a day at a time and um, focus on our connections with each other, even when we can't be together and focus on our work as much as possible. How is the community of students, how are you staying connected with your friends? Yeah. Um, we're definitely utilizing our technology, um, which we're all very grateful to have. Um, we're definitely, I mean, we're connecting through social media constantly. I personally am on FaceTime with my friends for the majority of the day. Um, we, I mean, we collaborate about school when appropriate. Um, we're really just trying to stay connected through our technology as much as possible, I think. How would you describe your frame of mind? Do you, is this, uh, you know, are you worried or anxious more than usual, or just what would you say? 
Um, in terms, I think, in terms of in terms of stress, um, it's definitely like Mr. Drake was saying. It's when there's no definitive beginning and end to the school day. Um, I think it is harder to um, get away from my work when I can't physically separate school and home. Um, frame of mind outside of school. I mean, I think it's so hard to say, <laughs> like, like I said, we're just trying to control what we can control and take it one day at a time. Um, and I'm hopeful for the future. Um, and yeah. What are your friends who are seniors? I know this is especially challenging. The the normal senior rites of spring, be they prom or graduation, mm -hmm. are now, uh, you know, not going to be happening. What's been yeah. what the, what has that been like for them? I do think the seniors are definitely struggling um, the most in this situation. I I've talked to a lot of them about how they really do feel like. Um, their senior spring experience has been stolen away from them, um, which is really like, I mean, they've been working towards this part of the year um, for a long time, as we all do. Um, and so they are definitely struggling and um, realizing, I mean, their high school career is over. And especially in such a small town like ours, in our community when we've all gone to school together. I mean, some of us since together since age three. Um, I think it's just the end of an era, but coming as a surprise definitely makes that harder for them. Are there things that you're able to do uh, or your friends to reach out to classmates that you sense are struggling? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, through our social media, definitely, we're all being connected and just supporting each other. And there have been, I mean, the silver lining is I've had a lot of great conversations that with some of my senior friends about just, like, reminiscing and being grateful for each other's friendships that I don't know if I would have had those conversations um, if this hadn't happened. Are you still making plans for your future? I mean, this time in junior year, you're normally would be planning to take SATs, which have now been canceled. You might be starting to think about colleges, which you can't visit right now. Um, yeah. How is this affecting your thinking about your future? Right. Um, thinking to the future, we're trying to pretty much stay on the same track as usual. Um, you're right. SATs have been canceled, as well as AP tests have been seriously modified. Um, and... I mean, colleges have been really great in um, efficiently developing some high-quality virtual tours. Um, and so I think, yeah, we're trying to stay on the right track, moving to the future, and just remembering that um, colleges are going to understand that if we only have a one SAT score or if we have a result from a modest AP test, there's having to adjust to, and so remembering that we're all in it together can take away from the stress of feeling like our futures are being interfered with. Um, let me turn back to Tom Drake, principal at Warren Elementary. Um, Tom, do you think that learning is still happening, or do you 
feel like you you had mentioned earlier, you know, are we uh, you know just maintaining or are we making progress? Um, what is realistic for the remainder of the school year? Um, the, the short answer is yes. I, I think learning is still happening. And one quick thing we've we've found out is is we it's, it's hard to predict who um, is flourishing because we're kind of saying here are some things to do. We're going to set up a video conference at one o'clock. You know, be there. We're going to do a town meeting in the morning. But we've taken the ceiling off in some ways, right? We've we've opened it up so that, you know, kids can, if they want to be studying and learning and all day, they can. And um, so so we thought we'd be like, oh, well, those who, you know, have the resources and who have the the parents who are there to help them, that those are the ones, the kids who are really going to excel. Right? Like every summer we talk about the summer slide, you know, and the kids who don't do anything, don't even read a word off a page all summer, what we found is some of the kids who are lesser resourced um, are actually like doing a lot and, and you know, going far and, and getting into things because some of it's their choice. So it's a little bit of you know, personalization differentiation um, at its finest. So, so no, I don't think maintaining um, is what we're doing. Um, it's going to be hard because, it, you know, assuming we come back to school in August, it's going to be like a double summer. And if we really have kids who are doing very little, um, and getting them back up to speed is going to be a challenge come August. Um, Jonah Ibsen, a teacher mm -hmm. at Harwood High School, uh, what do you want, you know, people, uh, parents, I include myself among them, uh, we worry. Uh, we worry about our kids. We worry about how all this affects them. What do you want parents of your students to know about their kids? Uh, I want them to know that they're resilient and creative and thoughtful. Um, I think they have conversations that they want to have about what's going on. I think they have questions that will be hard to answer, but I think that um, most of all, they're empathetic and um, they're social beings. And so in some ways they're, one of the most important priorities um, connecting with friends is being cut off from them. And so I think, you know, I have a daughter who's an early adolescent and she's at that phase of pushing us away and then 10 minutes later, you know, wanting a hug. And so just just know that it's a confusing time for kids um, and they want us to be there for them even if it doesn't always feel like it. Are there things that you would suggest that families and parents um, do that perhaps they might not do? It might be on autopilot at other times, but sure. I mean, I think um, I think it'd be great to ask kids what are they what are their teachers asking them to do and sit down and, and take a look. You know, in at Harwood, all all classes use Google Classroom, so it's sort of seamless pushing work out to students. Um, but as parents, I think it'd be interesting to to see what do you what are your teachers asking you to do um, all day, all week, um, and then to make sure you build in time to put work aside and take a walk outside or cook a meal together, play together, or uh, you know something enriching that can build that uh, cohesion within a family. Uh, Eliza Jernigan, a student at Harwood High School, um, what do you want? people to know, 
parents, community, what, whatever, um, about what is going on for you and your classmates? Uh, yeah, I think as students, we want people to know that we are definitely holding ourselves accountable um, for continuing our learning, and we see the effort that our teachers are putting in, and we appreciate our, that effort. Um, and like I said, there's a lot of uncertainties right now, but we're doing what we can and trying to well, just interfere with our education more than it has. Um, and we're going to try to do that. Do you think, uh, Liza, when you look back on this time, uh, there will be something good that will have come of it that you'll that you didn't expect? Yes, absolutely. I think not only is this a test of our, I mean, like motivation and organization and time management, which is going to benefit us in the future, but I think on an even broader scale. I really do think that we're going to not take the opportunities that we have for social interaction in the future, and we're not going to take that for granted. Um, and we're going to appreciate each other's company when we are back to being able to have it. Um, and I think it's definitely just making us appreciate our friendships and the connections that we have and this even more. Hmm. Do you have uh, any summer plans? Or, or how is this all affecting them? <laughs> um, you know, summer, well, definitely I don't have any big plans right now. Um, I think we're kind of waiting to see how this is going to uh, turn out and then make plans. But yeah. Well, yeah. And Tom Drake, uh, how are you preparing for, uh, you know, the normal – well, we really aren't at the end of the school year. It is still uh, just April. Um, but what would what's your goal between now and the end of the school year? Yeah, well, two big things that that go on, um, you know, in, in April and May. One, um, student placement for next year on team. So I'm going to be back at Crossbrook next year. So I'm, I'm leaping into that. Um, and and I've and I've put out to parents, you know, give me input on your kids so we can make some balanced teams next year. And a lot of them um, seem to appreciate talking about the future <laughs> um, yeah, as, as compared to the present. That's number one. Number two, um, I just posted four positions, uh, four openings for, for teachers at Crossover next year. And I have this unwritten personal rule never to hire a teacher without seeing that teacher teach, you know, with kids mm -hmm. because hiring out of a, an adult interview is, is not what teachers do, right? Um, but I'm not going to be able to do that. So we're, you know, we're going to we're going to interview. We're going to pull your head. We're going to do it all remotely, which is just strange. But we we'll do it. Okay. Well, we're going to. Uh, I want to thank you, the three of you, for being on the Vermont Conversation. Tom Drake, uh, principal at Warren Elementary. Jonah Ibsen, teacher at Harwood Union High School, and Eliza Jernigan, student at Un Harwood Union High School. Thanks for joining us on the Vermont Conversation. Thank Thanks, you. Ed. Thanks for having us. Thank you. We're going to take a short news and be back with other voices from around the Harwood Union School District. Stay tuned.